Hello and welcome to On The Spectrum. Today we'll be talking about renewables and batteries. Yep, renewables and, and batteries. More specifically, we'll be trying to stay on topic and be relating more just towards um, batteries, large-scale batteries and battery policy uh, and, and yep. how that impacts the current grid. Now, Australia's PM has, I would say, famously not known the benefits of a battery by here's a quote from him i mean honestly by all means have the world's biggest battery have the world's biggest banana have the world's biggest prawn like we lot like we have on the roadside around the country but that's not solving the problem and the problem he's referring to is the massive amounts of blackouts that can happen in south australia New South Wales, Victoria, the, the, WA, was specifically and Queensland. Yeah, it was specifically across prevalent. Across the country. Yeah, this was specifically prevalent to South Australia at the time because they were having a lot of electricity failures, like notorious. Yeah. yeah, no, he does. He 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 is infamous, uh, infamously incompetent in regards to the subject. Yeah, he th- that quote I read out is specifically in regards to, I believe it's three years ago now, where Tesla built the world's largest battery bank in South Australia to resolve their energy crisis or, or help with the electricity grid. Yeah. It, well, it did resolve it. It's uh, solved a majority of the problems. Majority, yeah, no, no, yeah, actually, yeah, no, it's, it completely stabilised the grid and was able to quickly gain and disperse energy because the problem with, for example, traditional coal power plants and whatnot, you don't just switch it on when you need power and switch it off. It takes time. And the thing is, well, the reason that batteries are so good with it is because you can immediately gain and then just disperse whatever power required at the time. Yeah, so a main thing with the power grid is that you can never produce exactly what you need. So mm, yeah. what the best thing is that the grid produces more energy than it's used. Mm. But then you've got the problem. Where's all that extra energy going? Well, it's going to waste. Yeah. It's got probably getting grounded somewhere. Yeah. And what a battery farm battery bank does is it stores that extra energy for when the grid hits its max and so it, if you hit peak you don't have to turn on that extra generator because you've saved up money during the you saved up power over the course of the day in the battery bank that can be used during peak time and you can say sure it might only be able to support the power for maybe 10 minutes to the whole state or whatever but the point is it doesn't just go to the whole state or it, it's dispersing whenever need be and then getting power again. And even if it's from a coal plant before, which it's not in this case, it's, I believe it's now all solar, um, if I remember correctly, it's the, it, does, it, 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 it objectively stabilizes and did stabilize a lot of the problems. And, the, and in Australia's case, it helps give time for emergency backup generators to kick on. So say if the grid hits peak, and it's now overwhelming the grid because everybody's using, say it's the middle of summer, it's a 40 degree day, which is pretty common. And suddenly everybody's turning on their air conditioners and you've got massive power loads. The battery will help it keep the grid alive while they can kick on emergency generators because they don't turn on instantly. They could take 20, 30 minutes to boot up and start producing at max capacity. Exactly. And the, the, the current rhetoric that we see from the federal government and PM's cabinet in regards to even in regards to this is internationally embarrassing. We yeah, like 
No, we we consistently like let's assume like whilst we always have been with this, under this current regime over the last seven years, have consistently ranked last in all environmental standards, slipping under educ slipping in education, slipping in every slipping in everything, but especially in climate in, in when it comes to climate policy and whatnot, because pretty much every major country has set targets of 2050, and all they said is we won't cheat, we won't use the Kyoto credits, which is also kind of like saying because Kyoto was 20 years ago. I will no longer use I, I I I won't use Disney bucks and playing Monopoly. You know, it's a completely yeah. different. It, it it's arbitrary. It's the saying that yeah. we won't cheat in a stupid way. It's 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 disgusting to see. Yeah, and if yeah, another quote from him is, "I'm all for the, this, but I have, but it has to solve the problem. I don't care if it's wind, coal, the world's biggest battery, but you've got to measure it's on its contribution." And it does not measure up to a big solution. And that statement is just completely wrong mm. because the battery does measure up. It does solve a lot of the issues with the grid. Yeah. Now, another thing is Snowy Hydro. <coughs> and oh, yeah. Snowy Hydro 1.0, separate thing, economically good success as well was a big deal because of the jobs uh, that produced at the time when that was required to... Um, <coughs> <coughs> Edit this out. I'll edit this out. Yeah. And yeah, so another thing was Snowy Hydro, which was entirely good for for other reasons because you know during the time because the jobs that are produced and helped and, and and was really helpful to a lot of people in that regard. But if I remember correctly, and this will be um, I will make sure to put this on the website with the facts here. But here's why Snowy Hydro 2.0, while it seems like a really environmentally good idea, is still really really dumb, and it's because if you took the amount of money that they were spending on Sony Hydro 2.0, and you invested it just in, in, in solar or wind, then it would then, for the same amount of money, you would generate so much more power and create so many more jobs for the amount of money that you're spending, which is the main problem with it. Yeah, didn't, didn't Scott Morrison threaten the industry with building a massive gas power plant? Oh, that's, if think... they didn't get on board with their view of what the future of Australia's electricity should be? I, I'm not too sure. I haven't seen probably. I know that they yeah, are trying to build more I, gas plants. Because what I think his plan was that if, especially in New South Wales, if I think Actu AGL, which is one of Australia's power companies, doesn't get on board with the idea of building a coal power plant or a, or a gas power plant, that he would boot spend and massively fund a gas power plant underneath the snow hydro it was something like project. that or there was something like and that. Mm -hmm. the thing is that sort of threat why would an electric company do anything if you're threatening to no matter what they try to do even if they try to fix the grid the best way possible and then you say nope that wasn't the way i wanted it done mm and you build your gas power plant anyway, the electricity companies aren't going to do anything. Yeah. Because no matter what they do, you're going to build a gas power plant and they can't compete with a gas power plant funded by the government. Yeah. The, because the, there's just so much more money they have. Despite their rhetoric, then now Labor, now Labor doesn't hide this, you know, so there's some of their policies and stuff that's published, but, but the thing is, the LNP really mislead, and they pretend to, but they don't. But they actually absolutely abhor, they abhor the free market and... And, 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 and doing what it wants, and capitalism. They love crony capitalism. They adore it. 
but free market capitalism. Like, you may think that Australia does have a free market. We don't. It's very much whatever the government decides is the best company wins. Yeah, we, we've seen this time and, and time this again. can be, and it's completely blatantly obvious with NBN. Now, NBN is a government-owned company, mm. but it's still self-funded. It still runs itself. It just gets funded by the government. Mm. The problem is, you think that would help it and it would be good, but it's not. It's terrible, and it's just destroyed the entire innovation of Australia's internet company. And you might be thinking, well, well, we just said that it was companies that was um, it that that, it, that, that they decided which companies you know get to succeed and which don't and whatnot. But you then you could make the argument, okay, but those sub those um coal subsidies and whatnot apply to all gas and coal things at the same time and, and whatnot. However, we've recently found out that Australia's sovereign wealth fund has invested in Adani, which is an individual company, literally helping that individual company, and they are literally funding with taxpayer money climate change. Like actively, not just a subsidy that takes like the, the, not just a tax subsidy and tax breaks. They are actively investing in destroying the environment, and it's yeah. For those who don't know, what does that company do? Uh, they are they, they they make coal mines and stuff. They're a mining company, uh, but they've also been under scrutiny recently because they've been trying to build new coal mines in, in Queensland. And uh, not only I believe it wasn't just that they wanted to build the coal mines; it was where they were building it was actually destroying and deforestating certain points. Yep. Yeah, and if actively funding, not just the fact that they're actively funding the end of the world, for example, which if, depending on how you, which prediction model you follow, it could actually be the end of the world. Mm. But just by the fact you're funding an industry that in itself is dying shows your incompetence with financial management. Exactly, and back to the... Oh, oh. We'll move us back to the point of batteries and what happened. So in Australia, we, we have a fair abundance of resources and like that, that's required in, in the production of it, you know, like, lith like, um, like well, large lithium, lithium deposits as well, cobalt. Now, interestingly, except, except as we saw from Tesla's battery day, they no longer need cobalt to produce their uh, lithium ion, their, their lithium ion batteries. Um, and they're also, uh, if I remember correctly, not, it's not that they're not liquid. It's the, it's the way that they're rolled. The, there's a streamlined production process. Um, but the thing is, is that in Australia, it's when it comes to the batteries and whatnot, because of the rhetoric and all the false statements, yeah, and the way that the government funds their competitors, the government fun with the government funding their competitors, what what that means for every, for everyday Australians, what that means, I'll just to sum it up, is that we are mining these these minerals. We are, we are mining them all, and then they're being bought and put overseas. They're being manufactured overseas, and then, then they're being imported with import taxes, and then we need to rebuy those things with much with with way extra additional costs, and then they become way more expensive. Now they're driving away um, battery cell manufacturing and stuff like that from Australia. It is dramatically increasing the costs for everyone, and then because it increases the costs to um, it's not just just for us, but but to the energy cup, but to um, energy providers who actually would then build them and pay for them, or state governments. That then gets passed on to you in the cost of the electricity to offset that. It all ties together. Yeah. Um, I believe a while ago, Tesla had plans of building a gigafactory in Australia. Not mainly the, because... Was it a gigafactory or was it a car factory? It wasn't... I believe it was a gigafactory. It wasn't which planned. It was, I, I don't think it was planned. It was just in discussions of where they should build in Oceania. Yeah, because... 
I think Australia came up because it would have been ideal. They could have built it right next to major distribution hubs. Like they could have built it near Darwin, where a very large majority of Australia's mining supplies go through. So if you're mining something in Australia, it either goes through Darwin, Broome, or any port city in WA, really. Because that's where some mines are in Queensland. I'm pretty sure it's majority in Western Australia and Northern Territory. Mm-hmm. But you just build your factory there. And suddenly, your logistics cost for buying lithium and iron, gone. Because you just have to pay it off the train. You could even build your factory in a place where the rail goes straight into your incoming area. Exactly. And that's not unheard of here. Building a rail straight into your business is extremely common for farms. Mm. Farming. Because the way our farmings are all spread out and we've got rail that runs right through the center. And a lot of grain companies just have their silos on the track. Yeah. The train will go past the silo and yeah. stop and get filled. Mm. Well, that's 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 exactly that's the um that that's the thing because the largest cost of electric cars is the battery. That's just it's it's the battery. And if they yep. can if they yep. can if they can mine the batteries here, produce the batteries here, and then uh, produce the batteries here, put them into the cars here, and then sell them here, an electric car just to tie back into last episode, uh, last podcast would cost you significantly less and there'll be no import tax. And then we could then ship them to Oceania and, and that would be an income for Australia. And then all of a sudden we're producing them, we're, we're exporting and we're, 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 then we're major exporters to Indonesia, uh, to, Indone- to, to Indonesia, Southeast Asia, and even, maybe even New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand and all these country, companies. And that is, that is probably a ton- India. That is, oh, that will be China, I think. But that, oh, they have hostile relations at the moment. Yeah. They yeah. have a trade war. Yeah. Well, so are we. So we would have a ton of income, uh, and 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 we would have a lot of power in that regard. Uh, and the yeah, thing is, and but the government, the government's, would, yeah. Sorry, and just manufacturing the batteries would have a massive boost to Australian job market, because after time back to last episode again, after Holden, after General Motors pulled out Australia. We have a lot of people. We have a lot of people that can't find jobs in outback Australia. It's difficult. Mm. Like there's not a crisis. It's just the job market for that is just really hard. Yeah, and because also even if we're not just exporting electric cars, the demand for batteries and lithium batteries is only going to skyrocket for the next hundred, like hundred, couple hundred years. It's going to skyrocket obviously because we'll be all moving to net zero by 2050 in every other major country. So we would consistently have a lot of good income uh, to, to the actual country, and the thing is, it's just good for every for everyone in, in the country, uh, for all yep. Australians. It's just there's no negatives at all. But the current gov, the federal government's rhetoric towards all this stuff, and and the disincentivizing is just I'm not saying to even incentivize it. Just don't disincentivize it. Now what that's done is now they're building it, I believe, in Indonesia. So we're going to be the ones that are having to buy it off them, and we're reaping them. We're the ones that they're the, they're, the, they're reaping all the benefits that we could have been doing. Now, I'm not saying no, that's good on them. Good on yep. Indonesia. Well done. Um, I, if I was you guys, I would have wanted to do the same thing because we did want to here, but we just have such an incompetent federal government and a few state governments, but that it's just not, it's yeah, not okay. I, I believe Scott Morrison and even the Minister of Energy Angus have, Taylor. Such a, yeah. have such a poor 
understanding of what it means that they're actually doing to the country. They don't seem to care about what happens in the next 10 years. They just want to get elected again because that's how they get their money. They don't. And it wouldn't shock me if they're getting bribed. Like, it actively wouldn't shock me. Well, the largest... Especially with what's been going on right now with different members of the state parties. The largest donors are like coal, like coal mining companies and the Minerals Council and stuff to both part, to, to both political parties, but mainly the LNP. We can literally see that. But also, the Clive Palmer says, um, because the thing is, he doesn't want to win, but he doesn't want Labor to win. He wants LNP to win, because that's still the most benefit to him. Now, which is very, very funny, and I'll get to in a second why. He, um, so what he's done is, so he would just do, he wouldn't, even though he was campaigning also against the Liberals, he would just campaign against Labor, as we've spoken about before. And, um, He'll campaign against Labour, and that's what gets Liberals elected, meaning that then doing all this stuff for coal means that then Clive would, would keep doing that for them. Here's the funny thing. He thought that doing this would help with his coal company, and it would get him more money and uh, and, and, and whatnot, which is always true, and he always pays less in taxes and all, and all and all that sort of stuff. However, China just banned, and Beijing just banned Australian coal as imports, so it's just screwed him over, and the Minerals Council, because of the people yeah. that they installed in place, because we don't, because we're not a democratic country, Australia isn't a democratic country, really, like, fa- like on the face it is, but it's, it's not, and the people that, the, it's, the people that our actual, whoever bows, yeah. whoever bows to the media, to specific media, which is a whole other topic, and to the coal industry wins. So the people who the coal industry, and the kingmaker, Rupert Murdoch, uh, install intentionally, um, who he elected to be prime minister, not elected, but made prime minister, and the people in power, lost them all this income from this specific thing because of this stupid trade. What's his thing? Liberals and LP are so... They're amazing at stopping boats. They were right. They fulfilled all their campaign promises. They stopped all the boats, including the trading ships. (laughs) 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 Hey, they said they'll stop the boats. You know? Yeah. Uh, The thing is, um, now, the boats being stopped with the whole trade war we're having with China... It's hard to determine whether or not it is their fault, but you don't. What they did is they basically called out China for blaming them for the virus, and they just should not have done that. Mm. It's because that's just not what you do in diplomatic say. You don't blame a country. You call for an investigation. Yes, don't blame a country during your call for an investigation. And whatever the investigation says, that's what you would then, you know, include. But that's that's the thing. But then all because, of, Yeah, I'm sorry, you go. Yeah, because even when it got put in front of, I think, the UN to vote on the investigation, China voted yes. Mm. China wanted to... ...an investigation take place. They just didn't want to be called out for it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that makes sense. And... I, I didn't know that they actually voted for it themselves, too. I wasn't aware of that, so well, that's a, that is a fun fact. Um, but, you know, all of this stuff does tie together. It all ties together to being... Uh, to, to, to what we what were initially discussing, which was batteries uh, and the actual... and how that affects the overall economy and how the economy then affects the battery. Like, us having all the trade war with China and all of this stuff, it means that we do... Like, we should have had actual proper independence we should have taxed mining more heavily with, with, all, with all the stuff they exported so we had a sovereign wealth fund like norway did and then we should have reinvested that into batteries and renewables and whatnot so that we would have actually yeah, like, had something like the australian outback it would be amazing for solar power yes and no uh well the dust 
would be a nightmare and the heat to deal with. Uh, yes, and the heat. Yes, mm. I will agree. The heat would destroy a lot of equipment. No, but, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's not that just solar power. So solar panels are less efficient the hotter they are because it's based on the photons hitting, not the heat. So so they were still, it, yeah, wouldn't, yeah. it wouldn't just break it. They would just be less efficient. However, from uh, the... Okay. Depends on which type of solar power plant you use. Okay. There are ones that work off heat. Okay. There are reflective ones where they reflect all the sun's heat into a center spire mm -hmm. and the spire heats up some water, boils it and spins a turbine. Okay. That right. would be amazing in outback Australia where it hits fifty degrees. Yeah, feet. but that sounds kind of well. That sounds much more expensive to manufacture. Like in, in my opinion, I think it'd be better to have the ones that don't that lose efficiency. But you have but the, with the large with, with such a large quantity, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. And the thing is, solar panels are just so much more cheaper to get up and going, and they can just be continuously expanded as long as you have the land. No. Before we get comments on this, I'm just going to quickly address this perpetual and common lie and misconception. And usually it's just a misconception. And you can see why, and I'll explain. The Which is, the sun does isn't always shining, and the wind isn't always blowing. Now, for a lot of countries, sure, but in Australia's case, that is patently false. The sun is always shining, and or the wind is always blowing. Somewhere. Right? Now, if it's night time, sure, but there's also there's a wire that comes in back into the batteries, but also there is still wind, uh... And, and there's still wind, and also lower demand of power, but that's the thing. The wind can still substitute it, and then you'd say, what if there's not wind? There is wind. So if you take any geographic location in the country, there will always be, like during the day or whatever, some point of sunlight, or lots of wind, at certain points, in, 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 across the whole thing. There was So for example, if you had tons of wind turbine all across New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, and solar panels across the entire thing, and you link them all together, well, I'm assuming you would microgrid on people's houses and stuff as well, Assuming that the entire state, let's assume, which isn't true, but let's assume the entire state, the wind just turns off, it's gone. No wind, it's just gone. Then Queensland and Victoria cannot offset that. And then, now, but then, uh, or, or vice versa, with, with, with each other, with, with all of each other's ones. Now, there is no point, when looking at, when looking at um, Bureau of Meteorology reports, that the wind and sunlight just turns off and switches off, and then all across Australia, there's just nothing. That's just, that's not, that's fiction, you know? That's not how the weather works. Yeah. So it's you also got to remember that there is a stretch between in South Australia between from like Alice Springs through Cooper Pedy mm. where the wind is just constantly at massive miles per hour, like it is hammering it. In in Tasmania, like you have to be careful driving on those roads. Your the wake from a road train going past you could actually cause you to spin out. In, in Tasmania, there was this one thing, it was like along the ocean area, where there was always wind. It was like amazing, there was always tons of wind. However, the reason I was really sceptical about building stuff, the solar panel there, sorry, not solar, um, the, the wind turbines, was because tons of birds also went, like a lot of these rare birds. And you know what? Yeah. Fuck them. Like, this is, I know this sounds stupid, <laughs> I know this sounds horrible, but by that well, logic... You don't even... So, you don't need the propeller wind turbines anymore. You can have the ones that are just a pole with the, the blades that are wrapped around the pole. Or it's not like a and blade. would be... Yeah. It's like a wing that's attached to the pole. Oh, no, that one. Yeah, no, that, that is like a blade. But there's also one that's like a bowl, and it just kind of moves around. It's... Yeah, there's far better ways, and those are far less harmful to wildlife. Now, let's assume... Now, let's assume that it is the battery. The, the, now, let's assume that we can only get the ones that do harm them. Let's assume that's the case, and they harm the wildlife. In this case, the reason I say that, 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 that's a shame is similar to how I'm not going to say everyone stop driving cars on roads immediately because kangaroos jump in front of them all the time. 
that's not realistic. And it's unfortunate for the animals, and I love animals. I love, like, like, you know I love animals more than anything. But if they happen to run into a specific thing and die, so many birds have run, have literally hit us, like, um, hit, like, the bow balcony has got, like, a glass, a glass divider thing or whatever, so you don't fall off. So many birds have hit that and died. And, like, it's a shame. It really is. But it happens. We're not going to... It could be... I'm going to be extremely morbid here, but the birds that hit the wind, birds that fly into the wind turbines, they're not going to do it again. And birds are eventually just going to learn not to fly into the wind turbines. Yeah. And also, they're not going to fly into it anyway. They have a natural instinct to avoid giant moving objects. It's yeah, like the, so the, so the, the few of them will sure. No, that is a shame, but it's going to happen, and the birds are going to it, yeah, it, it's going to happen maybe, and for so for some birds, but it's just and something we got to deal with. And you it can do stuff there. to mitigate it too. You can find areas where they don't fly as often. You can find areas where they don't hunt. There's ways to mitigate. But it should. But it, our, our, prim, our, our primary goal at the moment is is you know renewable, cheap, stopping the end of the world, and yeah. And the plus is going to this reliable energy. It's like similar to how we're not going to stop trucks and cars from getting things from place to place because kangaroos are going to hit them. Now, yeah. there's now there's one more thing uh, for it, which is that the like the, as many of you probably already would have heard about how the president or current well, well actually uh, maybe previous president depending on when you're listening uh, Donald Trump said that the well, sound of wind turbines her um cause cancer. And now if you believe that um you either need to listen to the podcast a lot more or because you don't know. Or if it's because you just inherently believed, or if it's because you just want to defend anything he does, please just stop listening to the podcast. We don't want you to listen to it. <laughs> Say that when the sound of windmills causes cancer. Are you kidding me? Come on, that's just obviously just you know ridiculous. It's yeah, it's just so not connected with reality. No, no, definitely, definitely, definitely not. Like the same argument that five G causes cancer. It's like, well, also you should probably disconnect your. Home Wi-Fi. You should disconnect your phone. You should disconnect your Bluetooth devices because they all run on those sort of frequencies. We will do another. You can't just single out like five G for one thing. We'll, we'll probably we'll do another episode on five G. I imagine at some point another podcast. Just well, as, gonna just, have to. as a quick spoiler, in my opinion, five G sucks. Uh, <laughs> in my experience. Uh, yeah. But no, that's that's a that's a that's a topic for another time. Uh, but yeah, the whole idea of having these massive battery banks is that they are there to supplement the grid as needed. They're not, I believe ScoMo has this weird sense, weird understanding where he believes they're there to replace power generation. Yeah. For some reason, because judging by the way, he states that, oh, they don't produce enough power. They, they don't, don't produce any grid. power. Yeah, the whole, they're not, the point isn't to, produce power their point is to help stabilize the grid mm. and so there's um i believe it's victoria they have something similar where with tesla solar panels they're trying to link them all together to create micro grids yep so they're trying to build a lot more batteries now they've seen the success in south australia and internationally victoria is also implementing and building a lot of batteries around there as well and they're doing some like sort of sort of beta testing kind of things with solar microgrids. I don't know if it is Tesla, but um, I think it's just general solar panels around people's houses. And if you don't know what microgrids are, and the reason why they're incredible is let's say that pretty much the most houses have solar panels, right? Now let's assume that you split each other up into their own separate little grids, or or you can all leap it all interconnected, but they're all like kind of virtual grids 
but they're all still giving each other power. But let's assume that that means that if someone's power cuts off, like because the solar panel stopped working or all the, all the, all the wiring was just it breaks down there, everyone is still consistently getting... tree hit it. Yeah, or a tree hit them. Yeah. Everyone's consistently still getting that power or from their own, or from battery because, banks around people's houses. Because the they're solar. just pulling... Yeah, because they're just pulling from other people's battery banks. And that means... supplement the thing. Yep, exactly. And, right. and if that means if there's a coal power pipe or ga- coal or gas... And and that and that and the, the the line is destroyed, or the um or the or the, or the plant shuts down. Like then that way, thirty thousand people or fifty thousand or a million people, whatever it is, are just left without power. Everyone's still going to power. Speaking of solar power, so Scomo thinks that solar panels can't produce enough power to run the country. That is that is. He true. also he also thinks that. Home solar panels are generating too much electricity and are hurting the grid. Yeah. So, on one hand, he's saying that they don't produce enough power to power the country. On the other hand, he's saying they're producing too much power and should be taxed for it. Yes. Like, you have to actively pay to use solar panels. This is a very good point. I forgot about this. Um, I can't yeah. believe how ridiculous it is. Yeah, it's... The hypocrisy is just insane. Yeah, he's literally going... They met... They don't produce enough power, but we're going to tax you because they produce too much power. Yeah, and Angus Taylor as well said the same thing. And there is some there is some points about them actually, but the thing is they do generate too much power in a lot of cases. And because we've got a, we've got a horror done through one of the latest campaign things, the next thing is rewire re, re, rewiring the entire Australian national electricity grids and whatnot to make the uh, to, to make them all better. Because at the moment they suck, they just do. They're not good. So they're right. And the thing is, it is produced because the solar does produce that much power. And we can produce a lot more. Like, I think the other day, WA, for, like, the day, was 100% powered by just solar, and so was South Australia. Just solar. Nothing, just the solar. But no, he wants to build another gas power plant. Yeah, the, we'll, we'll do another podcast on the actual economic recovery and the gas executives involved in that whole rotting sort of nonsense. Uh, because the economic recovery for, for COVID will, I think that will take up a, a podcast if we... And it's not a good plan. No, that's spoiler alert. Yes. Anyway, I know I know um, it's, it, it may have seemed like that we went a lot of random tan- tangents, which we did. However, the whole point is that it all ties together to the way that the that the way that we're handling our the way the way that the market's being handled to handle energy and also the international trade policy, uh, the the rhetoric towards other countries, which then directly impact how things are done here uh, in regards to our manufacturing processes and actual things that we export and whatnot. That does directly affect the actual batteries, uh, and also just the grid in general. Because the because for some reason Australia, our our national grid is directly tied into uh, our economy, and it's tied to our economy, into our markets, into our campaign, into our political pan- campaigns. It's just a huge part of our national identity for some reason. Yeah, I think that's mainly stemmed from the fact that electricity prices. In Australia, have been rising obscene amounts year on year. Like I think it can be anywhere from two percent to ten percent per year, a rise in electricity costs. But that's the thing we can see that objectively speaking, we can see that um, so coal cannot survive on its own, as in without government subsidy, it is not profitable. Nuclear power without government subsidy is not profitable. Solar and wind without with um, without government subsidy are profitable. Now, that, in my opinion, that means that it would make more sense to, to subsidize them because of the actual scale of it. Now, Scomo, now, Mr. Scomo, marketing man himself, said that the reason that they actually uh, that they are uh, that they're doing a gas recovery opposed to doing uh, doing renewable is because he said that the wind 
was quote unquote a mature technology, so it doesn't need it. So it doesn't need to do it, um so so it doesn't need it. Well gas does. I'm like, gas has had hundreds of years or something, like a hundred years to mature or whatever. And it's still, if it's still not mature, stop investing. You're a bad invest. You're not good at investing. You're a bad businessman and a bad, just a terrible fiscal manager. They're like I'm not going to, I'm not going to invest in the successful thing. I'm going to invest in the not yet successful thing. That doesn't make any sense. It hasn't been successful for centuries. And like it was successful for yeah. a while, it substitutes, but still need a government subsidy, sure. But now it's a, it's a, it's rated as a failure because it's just its cost per watt would be far higher. Than anything the solar or wind could do. Yeah, exactly. I think this will be a good stopping point. What do you think, James? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. thanks for watching. Uh, we'll be doing further episodes on Australia's financial recovery plan. They should be coming out soon. Uh, thanks for watching, and hope you join us next time. All right, right. bye.